one of the key things in driving growth is measurement right like if you are measuring something the wrong way or if you are not asking the right questions in determining a measurement framework then you often conclude things that may not be true or that may be quite the opposite of what's happening why do some companies succeed in driving growth while others fail how do some individuals advance in their careers to lead teams that change industries in the age of mobile these are the stories of the companies shaping the way we interact with our world and the people who drive their growth i'm mada and i'm the host for how i grew this I'm thrilled to have our next guest, Manoj Toletti, who is a global head of app, social and display at StubHub. Previously, he's worked in analytics at eBay and in business development for Richer Life Sciences, a biotech firm. Manoj, great to have you on the show. So excited to have you here with us today. Thanks for having me, Mada. So let's begin with how you're doing. We're like uh, living in some crazy times. The world is changing day by day. How are you doing during this time? What are some interesting learnings that you've had so far during all of this? Yeah, I mean, surreal times indeed. Like nobody expected us uh, starting 2020 to be in the situation, right? And uh, you know, first, uh, you know, my heart goes out to everybody who's having to deal with it across the world. I think everyone's trying to adapt uh, as best as they can. uh for the some that are privileged enough to work from home and uh, continue business as usual i think that's a huge privilege not many have that so really grateful for that and adapting has been tough initially i generally don't do very well confined in my room uh, i like meeting people i like getting into work but after about a week had the new cadence going like one of the things that i realized was how much face time you get without planning for if you are at work so we used to have once a week team meeting and then we completely don't recognize how many times we connect informally during the rest of the week so we had to adapt by making our team catch ups every other day so that we compensate for all those coffee uh, break meetups or you know just those walks that you might take or you might find each other in a different meeting and talk about things so like to compensate for all of that was a quite a bit of effort initially but uh, uh, it's been a challenge i definitely understand where you're coming from it's been I think the first week was actually the hardest for me. I think I was going a little crazy and now I've like settled into a routine and we I I try to do more check-ins with people but it's uh it's not easy. It's definitely very different. Yeah, yeah totally. So, let's just go back and I'd love to kind of understand a little bit about your background. You're the global head of app social and display at StubHub. Tell us a little bit about what that entails. Uh where does it sit, you know, in some companies it sits in engineering or product and marketing. Where are, where where does your organization sit? Are you somewhere in between and what are your main responsibilities and your team responsibilities? Sure. Um I I very much sit in the marketing org. Uh like we own budget, we commit to, you know, financial goals and all of that stuff. So I very much sit in the performance marketing organization reporting into the CMO. But the nature of marketing in this day and age is such that you've got to be able to be conversant in product and actually have stakeholders out there that are invested in in marketing success. So in that sense there's a lot uh, that we do that overlaps with the product org especially on the app side i think you know on the desktop mobile website you can sort of just do marketing without having anything to do with product but it's almost almost impossible to do it on the app side so quite a lot of face time uh, with the product world i have a 
pretty good uh, equation with the CTO and a bunch of PMs on that side, which really helps. But in terms of structure, my team sits in the marketing org. Got it. So officially in the marketing org, but actually somewhere in between, which is where I see most people who are in charge of apps and growth really sit in organizations. That makes sense. So before we dive in into your professional career, I'd love to hear a little bit about what makes you different. What's something that we wouldn't be able to look uh, through our LinkedIn and understand your history? What's something that makes you who you are and has contributed to your success? Uh, that's It's a hard question. A I, question. Know, <laughs> I know. I uh, know. <laughs> I, I want to. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, I want to talk about something that, that that doesn't show up on my LinkedIn profile. I think. In many ways, just getting married and after a while having a kid uh, really shaped my thinking or evolved my thinking. So, you know, I've known my wife for over 15 years now. So both of those were extremely grounding experiences. So it came with a lot of challenge, despite all the familiarity, you know, living with someone is not tough and adding an addition to the family to disrupt all of that is even tougher. So uh, those have been extremely grounding for me. And in many ways, that helped me understand, uh, you know, the realities, other realities that I probably wasn't as uh, empathetic towards before. Do you have an example? What do you mean by understanding you know, the realities. Do you have some examples or stories of something that happened to you in your personal life that gave you a bigger... So, I mean, the most recent one is, uh, you know, as having Mira. She's 15 months old now. So while I absolutely love her, it's a lot of work. It's unbelievable amount of work. And you've got to, in many ways, you know, trying to nurture a person and trying to nurture a behavior in a team or a behavior in yourself at some level are exactly the same things. Uh, you've got to bring the same level of thoughtfulness, patience, care, empathy, and even some firmness at some level uh, to make that positive change happen. That makes sense. I don't have kids, but to me, sometimes I notice myself as a manager uh, going to the same thing. Sometimes noticing how someone can be better at something and then realizing that I'm not that great at that thing myself. So to be able to give them advice and be a role model, I actually need to be to become better at myself. So I found myself becoming a lot better in areas that I struggled with when I was an individual contributor, just because it would feel really weird asking people to do something when I'm not doing it well myself. So I imagine as a parent, it's that times multiplied many times because, you know, the amount of ownership you have over a person when you're your child is different than than being a manager, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it's more personal, I think. It's sort of maybe easier at a work setting at some level. At least there's a fallback option of saying, you know, this is not personal, but it's even tougher in the personal life. Cool. So when I look at your, uh, you know, on your professional background, switching from personal, uh, you have super interesting background. You've gone from marketing analytics at eBay, uh, and then you became director of app marketing at StubHub. Tell us a little bit about that transition What's the story? And maybe even before eBay, maybe tell us like like your professional story, how you got to eBay and then how you made the transition. Like, I guess like most people, I had absolutely no idea what to do with my life after getting out of college. The lesser known fact about me is that I studied biotech for my engineering. And I was not the, I mean, I was good at scientific thinking and everything, but I was not a, I was not a 
PhD kind of guy. I couldn't confine myself to like one area. I couldn't even pick an area that I was really interested in and was willing to put in like 10 years into it. So I tried to justify that by working for a biotech company for a few years in business development. It was a great experience. I got to travel. Uh, I got to build some partnerships with uh, Fortune 500 companies. But along the way, I realized that, you know, one of my strengths is uh, conceptual analytical thinking. Um, and that's something that always doesn't help you in sales or VD, for example. So I made the switch into analytics uh, because that's that was fully aligned with that strength. I was lucky to have joined eBay. That was by far one of the first step changes in my career. Great place to learn, amazing place to learn from your peers, amazing place that gives you visibility to leadership, helps you develop those soft skills. After about three years at eBay, um, just over three actually, actually along the way, the analytics leadership development program happened at eBay. So that's that's an elite program. A few people get in every year. So you get to do one assignment, a different assignment every six months somewhere else in the world. So that actually brought me to the US for the first time. So I spent six months at StubHub, six more months in San Jose, then about six months in Zurich and six months in Bern. Wow, that sounds so cool. And I did a bunch of things in analytics and finance. (laughs) Yeah, the travel was fun until I had to uproot everything every six months, four times in a row. (laughs) So the experience was great. Um, Adapting to different cultures, different managers, different teams in a short while was just phenomenal. But at the end of those three years is also, you know, something something of a realization set in that I was still dependent on somebody else uh, for implementing my recommendations. Um, It almost felt like, you know, I didn't have enough skin in the game. So I wanted to jump the ship. I was lucky to have worked at StubHub. So the marketing role at StubHub worked out. Um, So, I mean, I I do not want to underestimate the the role that luck plays in all of this. So (laughs) having acknowledged that, you know, I made the switch. And I don't regret it. I think uh, that was probably the second step change uh, in my career where I was able to, you know, drive things from the other side of the aisle, not only including analytics, but leveraging all other aspects of the marketing team. Yeah, that's very cool. I, I completely agree with you. I think success really is a mixture of luck and effort. So I think you definitely yeah. need both. No matter how hard you work, you can be really unlucky. Or you, but I think if you, you know, if you're lucky and you don't work hard, it doesn't work that well either. So you definitely yeah. need both. <laughs> no. Hard work pays off. If not today, then tomorrow. That's that's one of those uh, virtues that is applicable globally. I think. <laughs> I'm listening to this book called uh, The Miracle Equation, and the guy talks about if you want to create a miracle in your career, you need only two things: extraordinary faith and extraordinary effort. So. Uh, if you put extraordinary faith and extraordinary effort, you will get there. Luck just makes it happen sooner rather than later. <laughs> when it happens, I think it's really up to luck. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You ended up being a stub hub in a time of explosive growth. And I'd love to hear, you know, I think what people resonate most with stories. So tell us the story of a project that had a big impact, drove a lot of growth. Actually, uh, I want to give an example from the analytics side because I don't think I appreciated my role as an analyst as much being in that org as I now do. 
uh, being on the other side. So one of the things, uh, I mean, one of the key things in driving growth is measurement, right? Like if you are measuring it, uh, measuring something the wrong way, or if you are not asking the right questions in determining a measurement framework, then you often conclude things that may not be true or that may be quite the opposite of what's happening. So one of the things that uh, falls in that bucket is uh, factoring in LTV. So we were looking at, you know, everyone likes to acquire these loyal, highest LTV buyers on day zero, but it doesn't happen like that. Like everybody who comes in and becomes a loyal person starts out as a new buyer at some point. So the question that we were asking was, okay, what is that? What are those events in their life that make them unsure testing the waters new buyer, take them from there to take them to being like a loyal buyer? So one of the things that we recognized that as being a driving factor of that at StubHub was installing the app. So if you downloaded the app, then you were more likely to come back. Other channels benefit more. You would, you're more likely to be in the know. So we said, why don't we put an LTV factor to an install? So every time someone who didn't have the app, be it an existing buyer or a new buyer, installed the app, we gave it a dollar value. And then we changed our budgets to align to that dollar value. So that allowed us to increase what we spent on app almost 3x. And uh, I think that was one of the fundamental drivers of uh, the mobile acceleration at StubHub. Wow, that's uh, such a cool example. How about something that you thought was going to work, that you were involved with, and maybe the team was involved with, that actually didn't do that well? And it tanked. I think we always learn there, there from. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think people learn from those examples. So if you have a few stories, it can be more than one. I think you know, growth is the things you should do, but also the things that other people have tried and things to be aware of, right? So. Yeah, I mean, you know, we keep thinking in marketing that uh, you've got to try things really fast and fail fast because, yeah. you know, the chances are a lot of stuff that you try will actually fail. Like you don't really know if something succeeds or not before you start doing it. Exactly. One of the things that we tried and we tried it different ways was to incentivize people to make a purchase, like give them a coupon to sort of incentivize them to make a purchase without having a signal of the user intent. So basically looked at, you know, as user sets and said, okay, let's look at everyone who registered at StubHub, but did not make a purchase. So we have their email ID. So we took, uh, you know, quite a large sample set. We broke that into two groups, gave the coupon to one, didn't give the coupon to the other. Uh, we made that coupon conditional on re- being redeemed on the app. So you had to use that only on the app. So we were trying to incentivize downloading the app. So it was a positive lift, test versus control, but the redemption rates were very, very low, which meant that even if we scaled this program, you know, it was not going to be at the level where we would call it like an evergreen investment. So that was a good learning because uh, it meant that, you know, your strategy might be right, your messaging might be right, your incentive might be right. But if there is no intent from the user or you don't have an intent signal, then it's really hard to influence them to get them to do what you want them to do. That's really, that, 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 I think that's really good advice for everyone. I think, I think that's something that we can all learn from. <laughs> I've made mistakes like this along the way, both when I was working on the app and even at Ranch. So thank you for sharing. So when you think about, you know, you build, building a team, building an app team, and as companies are thinking about bringing their app development in-house, What does that mean for a business and how do you think about building that team? What kinds of people do you bring on a team to something like that? 
There's probably two levels to this answer. The first is functionally, how should the mix look? I mean, you definitely need marketeers. You absolutely need an analytics team. Um, I, I say this often internally at StubHub that, you know, the channel owner and the analyst are like the pilot and co-pilot of a plane. Like they've got to help each other navigate and, you know, chart the course. But you also need um, someone to fix the engine. So that's basically product. Like if you don't have a MarTech team that can do SDK upgrades, add new SDKs, build those pipelines, get the API data back into your systems for analysis, like you're going to, you're basically going to be flying blind. So those three functions I think are absolutely important. You also need a finance partner who understands what you're trying to do and doesn't come from uh, space or a point of a strong point of view that cannot be persuaded, then that means you can't get them to fund anything despite the idea being really good. So I think those four functions are probably essential for a successful app growth, uh, any marketing growth team. How do those functions fit in with the bigger organizations? Like how does the app marketer fit in with the rather marketing team or how does the product mar- the, the product person um, and how and on the engineering side, do you have an, an in-house engineering team? Do you bring something in-house or is it okay to work with agencies? Yeah, it, it might be tougher on the engineering side to work with an agency than on the marketing side, just because of the sensitivity and the nature of things. I mean, at some level, it does not matter where everyone sits. Like you can have your MarTech team sit within product. Um, you can have, you know, your marketing team sit in performance or even under product marketing at some level. But I think the most, if if, if the rest of the org did not exist, then all of these would be part of one org. Like you would have a performance marketing org that comprises of marketeers, a marketing tech team, a dedicated scrum team, and a supporting um, analytics team with a finance partner. That would probably be the ideal setup. And it's sort of where we've done significant progress internally at StubHub to more or less get to that stage right now. That's really awesome. So when you think about the app, obviously you guys have put a lot of effort into your app. Uh, it is, it's an awesome app. I've used it before to buy concert tickets. We've always thought about different brands and there was a time when people had the app external. More and more brands are thinking the app is important. How do you envision the app playing in the way brands in, reach out to their customers, engage with them, or even acquire them? At what point is the app important and how do you guys think about that? I think there's no doubt that app is probably the new email. So like one of the things that one of the mistakes that you can do as a startup, I guess, is not having a loyalty program, not to email capture. And the same applies to businesses that are primed for mobile. So, you know, if you're selling tickets or if you're if you're in the business where having an app can add value to the user, then having an app is almost necessary. But having said that, there's also a lot of fatigue. I probably have hundreds of apps on my phone. Not all do I use every day. So you've got to be able to balance because once you have the app, you're also going to get people to use that app, right? Like then, you know, your resources and marketing at some level is an optimization problem, especially for established company, because how do you decide how much you put towards acquisition versus uh, retargeting? Because you have a limited pool. So I think there is it's a bit of an art uh, to understand what your metric should be and what your mix should be and sort of what role does the app play in the overall business but for our business where 
you know increasingly tickets are mobile and you will need a mobile device to scan and enter an event uh, it's a no brainer that we have to over index on the app and our story in the past couple of years shows you that as you think about the app you guys have been using branch for a while any chance you can share how you've been using branch to drive some of the growth one of the things uh, at least one of my initial experiences at stubhub was so deep linking was probably the first cross functional project that i picked up at uh, stubhub and actively started driving it and uh, we would not have been able to achieve what we did right now where we are deep linked across 100% of channels including email while making sure that all of the other tracking is in place that would not have been possible without branch and you know i've told this before to you know mike and others as well it is you know your professional services team uh, what they've put together in terms of the audit acts like a blueprint for our engineers so having such uh, expertise really helps uh, brands like us sort of close our own knowledge gaps so yeah i mean i'm a huge fan of branch i think you guys make it really easy for optimizing on mobile especially you know the tracking and the cross device stuff that make that makes my heart jump <laughs> <laughs> so i i'm going to switch gears to a little bit about on personal growth i think i wanted this podcast to be about company growth but also personal growth so how do you think about your own personal growth what are some areas what are some tools that you use do you have specific mentors that have helped you alongside your career yes uh, i've always been lucky to have uh, really great managers but a couple of people who really stand out are uh, sachin puri so he's a vp at mcafee but uh, i was fortunate enough to uh, report into him for almost a year and he's been a great thought partner generally a great person a great leader i've learned so much from him in terms of uh, you know how to lead a team in terms of people leadership in terms of navigating the complexities of an organization like you know definitely played a huge role um in in my journey and uh, in mentoring me both as a manager and as a and as a friend the other person i want to call out is olivier ropars uh, he's a cmo of stabab reporting to him right now he's completely different from uh, sachin in his approach but he's one leader that is i mean obviously extremely smart is great at identifying an idea once it is you know if it is good and fully backing it and uh, i think it was his first meeting where he said what you see is what you get and that's so true uh and it makes such a difference uh to be able to work for someone where you don't have to second guess what they are saying and whom you can trust that they will back you if they told you that they will back you so huge fan of olivier how about uh when you think about you helping other people grow and who you are how you are developing as a manager yourself what are some things you think about how do you practice mentoring and helping others grow in their grow in their career I don't know maybe should ask others how good of a mentor I am <laughs> but uh, I believe in living what you preach so uh, often I seek feedback from my own team uh, if they think I'm telling them something that they wouldn't believe that I would do myself so I think I very much believe in sort of mentoring or leading by example so that's mostly it uh, i mean obviously we talk about a lot of specific issues that the team might be facing on provide a lot of coaching around those issues 
and stuff like that. But for the most part, it is, you know, just leading by example. So, you know, I, I always like to end with the same question. You've obviously had a successful career. Uh, you've transitioned roles and, and moved into leadership. What is some advice that you have for both people who are trying to go into similar roles, in your case, analytics, and then marketing? Um, and then what are some, um, some pieces of advice for people who want to actually move into leadership from those roles? Sure. I mean, I'm very much on my leadership journey. So maybe my advice on the former will be uh, more uh, more useful for others. Um, and this is no different from what I tell folks on my team. One thing for sure is you've got to aim big. Like I, I absolutely push back on things that are high effort and low impact. Uh, my argument being like, even if you are successful, your best case scenario is having a low impact. Like, why would you do it? So definitely aim big. And B is ask all the right questions. I think we are in a space. I definitely don't have all the all the answers all the time. So we're in a complex space that is changing very fast. So I don't think it's fair to expect everybody to have all the right answers all the time. But I don't think there is an excuse to not have all the right questions. Because if you have those right questions, then you will eventually get to the right answers or get to people who have the right answers. So one thing I encourage my team to do all the time is, um, you know, keep asking all the right questions. There's no excuse to not do that. Um, because if you do that, then eventually you will get to the answers and eventually you have a better chance of hitting that thing that you really aimed for in the first place. And the third related piece would also be um, not confining yourself to how your job is defined because very quickly if you're asking the right questions you would find yourself talking to people outside of your own domain you'd be talk to analysts you talk to pms you'll talk to devs engineers so to not confine yourself to the box that somebody else wrote for you as your job description is super super important it's easy to confine yourself to that box because you're most comfortable there and you can defend your decisions most easily from that position. But it's important to not do that. I love that. That's such good piece of advice. And I think sometimes I've definitely not done that. I'm like, oh, this is this is kind of the definition of my role. And I think the times when I've grown the most is always when I stepped across the borders yeah. and moved into other things and started doing other things. And Likewise, I mean, absolutely same for me. And I think it's probably during my ALDP days that I that I understood what it really means. Because, you know, you had just six months, you've got to get to the bottom of a problem and deliver. So you had to force yourself to be out of out of your own comfort zone. Because it's not about defending your POV or your role anymore. It's about making an impact. It starts with aiming big, asking the questions and getting out to get those answers. So I want to end with a lightning round. I have three fun questions that I did not prepare in advance because they are your first reaction. Uh, they are all three somewhat app related, but they're more on the fun side. So I think let's try it out. Just say the first thing that comes to mind, but you can obviously think about some of them. So the first question is, if you would have to delete all the apps on your phone except one, what is the app that you would keep? Google Maps. Great. There seems to be other people have said the same <laughs> one. Uh, and then if you could have an app where you could talk to an animal, to one type of animal, and only one, what animal would that be? Elephants. 
Wow. I love that. I love elephants. Apparently, elephants communicate at frequencies that we cannot hear. And obviously, because of that, don't understand. Even if we hear, we could not have understood. So I'm very fascinated. I'm, I love animals in general. I absolutely love elephants. So much so that I want to get a tattoo of elephants. <laughs> I, I have, a, well, let me show you my three elephants that I have next to my, I, ha- I have a little one too. I'm, I'm obsessed with elephants. <laughs> They're the only animal where the grandmother, the grandmother actually helps bring up uh, the grandchild up it's uh, they stay their families yeah. are so strong it's just they're they're amazing yeah, and they're matriarchal so there's a lot that they can teach our society in general they also you know live in herds and they pass on like culture yeah, exactly. generationally I, so I absolutely love elephants and i'm endlessly fascinated that they're vegetarian i i have become vegetarian but not because i love elephants but <laughs> i didn't i didn't <laughs> even think of that okay last question for people who know you what would be the most unlikely app found on your phone that they would be surprised by? There is a National Geographic app on my phone. I don't <laughs> use it that often, but I do read a lot of Nat Geo stuff because, you know, I generally like animals and I'm into nature. But not many people, I mean, I don't get to talk about this at work all day. So I guess that would qualify. That's cool. Great. Those are awesome answers. And I'm happy we connected over our love for elephants. So, um Thank you so much. One last piece of advice you have for people listening in this hard time on how to cope, how to think about, you know, now the next few months. Stay positive. I think that's super important. This shall pass. May not look like that right now, but I keep telling myself that every day. Uh, It shall pass. Far worse things have happened in the past and they've passed. So this shall pass too. So staying positive, super important. B is, it's an opportunity to work on yourself. So it could be on your fitness or on your spiritual progress or uh, on a skill that you want to build. So I think it's an opportunity to work on yourself. And I know that, you know, Mira, who's our 15-month daughter, like she's super happy that both her parents are home. So I try to learn from her all the time as to how to be grateful just to be alive. That's awesome. That's such a great note to end on. And thank you for sharing that. So thank you again for joining us. This was Manoj. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun chatting. Like I said, uh, you know, I like new me- meeting new people and talking about the industry. And so I'm really glad you guys gave me the opportunity to be here, uh, talk to you guys and share my point of view. Same. Agreed. And I wish you guys all the best in scaling this program and having many more interesting people on the show. Thank you, Manoj. That was awesome. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this and share with someone trying to grow their career. Until next time, keep growing. <laughs>